0: You're listening to Coaching Skills for Leaders. This is Episode 14, recorded on November 21st, 2011. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching Skills for Leaders. My name is Dave Stahoviak. This is the show for leaders who want to develop their coaching skills so they can influence the success of others, their organization, and themselves. Whether you're a seasoned leader or you're leading people for the first time, improving your coaching skills will help drive your success and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic is four leadership lessons I'm thankful for, and the reason for this week's topic, of course, is it is Thanksgiving week here in the United States. And we, you know, like many countries, uh, we have some very cool holidays and we have some strange holidays. Uh, and I think one of the one of my favorite holidays here in the states is the holiday of Thanksgiving. And there's a couple reasons for that. One, uh, for those of you who are outside the States, which is uh, a number of you who listen to this show, uh, we eat a lot. <laughs> it's the best way to describe it. And, uh, and it's very socially acceptable to eat a tremendous amount of food and sit on really cozy chairs and talk or watch TV for an entire day. And that's great. And, uh, but the, the even cooler part about the holiday is it's a day in our country where we all try to set aside some time to think about what we're thankful for. And I think that that's such a key importance in our lives to really focus in on gratitude. It's said that gratitude is one of the most positive human emotions. And in leadership, having gratitude for the people around us, the lessons that we learn And our past experiences, I think, is such an important skill for us to have when we're leading others. And so today, four stories, four stories from my life of things that I'm thankful for and leadership lessons that I've had in the past. So nothing big, just four stories from my career and values that I've learned along the way and how these values and these stories have changed my thinking on looking at things through a positive lens and i love the line in shakespeare's hamlet act two hamlet says there is nothing either good or bad but thinking makes it so and really our thinking as leaders really does influence how good or bad not only we are as leaders the, our ability to develop and coach others. And so today, we're going to tackle that. And as we're doing that, if you have questions or comments for me on the topic today or any of the previous shows or things that you'd like to hear on this show, give me a call. You can reach me at 877-LEARN-45 or feedback at innovatelearning.com. Again, that's feedback at innovatelearning.com, not innovative learning. It happens all the time. All right, four stories. So, first story back from back, this is going back a number of years, 20, 20, 22, 23 years ago or so. My first job in high school was working at McDonald's. Now, there's a little bit of a backstory here. My father worked for the McDonald's Corporation for 31 years. He was an executive for McDonald's, had a tremendously wonderful career with them, and he's been retired for a number of years now. But uh, you know, McDonald's sometimes gets some bad press in the media and and particularly lately with you know some of the uh, you know obesity and and healthy eating and nutrition, things that are are that have been pretty uh pretty present in our media and and stories recently. But McDonald's has always been an organization that has just been tremendously committed to the values of leadership and the values of really training and teaching people well. In fact, they've been leaders in uh, workforce training programs. Uh, Hamburger University outside of uh, in suburban Chicago was one of the first corporate universities ever established and has won tremendous awards over the years for the wonderful work they do to develop people. And those values permeate throughout the organization. And my story actually starts when I was in high school and working part-time in a McDonald's restaurant. And, you know, my dad worked for McDonald's and I thought, you know, what a you know, that's the logical first job. Something like 11% of the US population had their first job at McDonald's. The statistics are incredible of how many people work for the McDonald's corporation because it's so large. And so I got a job at McDonald's and you uh, know, I was working at a restaurant and and you know, I was working at a pretty pretty busy restaurant in my hometown. And I remember uh, probably about 6 or 7 months into my tenure working at McDonald's that I uh one day the general manager of the store came up to me and said, Hey, I'd like you to join me and one of the other managers and a few of the other employees for dinner in about two weeks. And we're going to go over to uh, you know, this a pretty nice restaurant in our home in my hometown. And uh I'd like to get your feedback on how we're doing as a store and how we're doing as leaders and uh and what we can do to improve our operations. And I remember Thinking at the time, you know, I was probably sixteen or seventeen years old, and you know, I was making—I uh, think I was making four twenty-five an hour, uh, and and I, I remember I was excited when I got uh, a raise to four fifty an hour, four seventy-five an hour. So I, I was not on the high end of the totem pole in uh, the McDonald's restaurant. Just to just to give you an example, I remember thinking like the the amount of money that they were going to spend on dinner for me. <laughs> was probably equivalent to them, uh, you know, paying an entire day of my of my uh, salary at the time, or whatever seven or eight hours that I would work for a shift. And I was really sort of taken aback by that because I was thinking, why do they want to take me to dinner? And what am I going to say? And you know, I'm going to hang out with you know a couple other people from the the restaurant. And you know, why do they why do they care so much about what I think? And so sure enough, we went to this dinner and you know we all got together and they, there was two managers and then there was three of us who were you know hourly or you know kind of just you know part-time employees and it was like an hour and a half dinner and they spent the whole time just asking us questions you know what do you like about the restaurant what don't you like what uh, what does this do manager do effectively what could they do to improve and it was and i remember thinking like I, did, I had a hard time thinking of what to say initially and then as the conversation went on i started to add more and more and so did the other people that i was there with and then they They changed stuff. That was the surprising part. Is we went back to the restaurant and, you know, a couple, you know, over the next couple of weeks, you know, they didn't change everything and they didn't make radical changes to the store, but they did change stuff. They did take a few of the ideas that we had and change them around and use that to better the experience for customers and employees in the store. And what I learned from McDonald's and what I learned from that general manager, I don't remember his name, but he was a fantastic guy to work for, is I learned the value of humility as a leader. The value of humility in that I don't know everything there is to know about how to be effective as a leader in any leadership role I've ever been in. And leaders who get that and demonstrate that are so much more effective at engaging people and getting good results. And having the value of humility and and learning that value early in my career and seeing McDonald's demonstrate that in a tremendous way, for me, has been extraordinarily helpful in my career. Because now, whenever I'm working with clients, I really take the time I try to to really understand where they're coming from and to take time to listen and understand what it is that they want to create. And I think that's one of the things that our firm has a huge competitive advantage on over some of the other folks that are out there. It's not that we do anything that's incredibly better from a service standpoint or a knowledge standpoint than many of the other people out there, but I feel like we do a better job listening and understanding because we come to the engagement with the understanding that we don't know everything that there is to know so the value of humility i learned from mcdonald's the value of excellence i learned when i was in college and i had this great job when i was in college of working for the summer orientation program for the university i went to uh i went to a very large school i had thirty six thousand students and i worked for summer orientation and on our campus summer orientation was Uh, kind of the job to have as an undergraduate student. It was the leadership job to have. It was a very, very hard job to get. Uh, They only took something like a quarter or a third of the applicants every year. And it was a huge interview process. You had to go through a multi-stage interview. You had to be interviewed by campus leaders. You had to be interviewed by peers. And so it was a big deal to get that job. And I was very fortunate my second year of of college to get that job. And I had that job for the remainder of my time in school and loved it and learned a tremendous amount. One of the times that I was further along in my tenure at that job, I was one of the people then that was called upon to interview new students that were going to be coming into that role. And then subsequently, I was also doing some office work and we were supposed to send out all the formal letters the acceptance letters and rejection letters when people would get informed about whether they were going on to the next step and so i remember one afternoon it was uh it was about this time of the year it was october november when we would do all the selection and we were preparing all of the letters that were to go out that uh you know it was either later that day or the next morning and it was something like 180 90 100 letters that were all going out at once and we had printed out all these letters, and they were laying across the table. And we had all the envelopes printed, and you know we were going to spend several hours stuffing everything and doing all the signatures and making sure everything looked perfect. And the dean that I work that I worked for in school was one of the one of the um, one of the people in my life who is just a tremendous leader, and I still think often about. Uh, came up and was looking at what we were doing, and I don't remember how the conversation went because it's been now. <laughs> Boy, uh, 16, 17 years. But I know how the conversation ended. She looked at the documents, and she looked at the letters that we were printing, and it and it became a, and it was apparent to her that something wasn't right. And if, if you looked at the letter closely, none of us had, had noticed this, that the, the uh, margins of how the letter was printed did not line up with the letterhead that was on the university letterhead, that paper. And it was uh, it was off by some, what I thought, an inconsequential amount, you know, quarter inch, half an inch, something like that. One of those things you would notice if you were looking for, but you'd never notice if you weren't uh, thinking about it. And so uh, we had all these letters printed, and we were stuffing them and she looked at them and don't know how the conversation went, whether it was her commenting on it and making us <laughs> think that we should reprint them or her directing us to reprint them. But I know that they got reprinted all 80 90 100 of them this was you know hours and hours of work uh, it might have even been a, like a full day of work to redo all these letters redo all the signatures and I was not happy at all because we had spent all this time on these letters and I couldn't believe that not only the time loss but the resources the paper everything it it seemed like such a waste to me but I look back now and I realize that she wasn't really that concerned about the margins on the paper. What she was concerned about was excellence. And that dean that I worked for, she was always invested in excellence of the people who worked for her. And you knew that if you worked in that organization, that uh, it's not that you couldn't make mistakes. By all means, you could make mistakes. You needed to learn from them. But when you knew something wasn't right, that you would do whatever you could to make sure that the outcome, the service, the product, the interaction with the student, parent, customer was an interaction of excellence in everything we did. And I also think about that story Still very much today here, this was you know, 16, 17 years ago, and I still think about it. I remember the details of it because it sent a really strong message to me that when you do something, if you're going to take the time to invest in something in your job, your career, and you're going to do it, do it well. It doesn't matter what it is, but do it well. Have a standard of excellence that you feel proud of. And th- this just happened to me just this week. Uh, the, that standard of excellence has stayed with me. I was I'm teaching a class right now at Vanguard University on Thursday evenings. And one of the students came up to me and she said, I was just amazed at how much feedback you give us on our assignments. And I hear this often from students because I do spend a lot of time reading student assignments. And uh, when I'm teaching classes, I spend a lot of time grading, probably too much. But for me, it's its a belief that if students are investing their time and, and resources and tuition dollars and attending a class that you know, the very least I can do as a professor is to spend the time to read everything that it is that they're writing and give them feedback and to me that's excellence and so one of the things that i'm always thinking about is how to be as excellent as possible in the things i'm doing i think about it with this podcast this podcast and the show that uh, we've been running now for 14 15 weeks Uh, You know, I think there have been shows that I've produced in the last, uh, you know, 13, 14 weeks that have, you know, gone really well and have been truly excellent. And I also think there's some that have been, you know, they've been okay, but they haven't been to the level of excellence that I'd like them to be. And that's actually informing a lot of my thinking as I start to plan for 2012 about how this uh, show, Coaching Skills for Leaders, can be even more excellent than uh, than it already is. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. Okay, story three. Story three, the value of consequences. My first job professionally was working in the for-profit education industry. And, uh, one of the challenges that I had back in my, uh, back, you know, 15, 16 years ago and, and even in my first job and to some extent, even a little bit today was time management and prioritizing the right things. And I think all of us struggle with this to some extent, but, uh, but I, I really was struggling with it my first year or so into my professional career and, and it wasn't that I wasn't getting things done, but I was often not focusing and prioritizing the things that I most needed to prioritize that were going to be most beneficial to the organization. And so I remember uh, about a year into my career at this job that um, I, I didn't realize this at the time, but I, I look I, I look back now and I realize what what the kind of intention was I received an assignment from uh, my, not my manager, but actually my manager's manager. It was a senior uh, senior regional manager, senior director at the time. I can't remember the exact title of the person, but the, so I received this assignment and it was one of those assignments that was going to take me a couple of hours to do, but um, but I had like two weeks to work on it. And I know now that part of the reason I was given the assignment was to give me some practice in working toward longer-term goals and being able to manage my time more effectively. And I missed the deadline. I remember the, uh, the night before I was working late and I uh, needed to get the assignment done. And I remember I was tired and I'd put it off to the last minute. And so I sent an email to my manager, my manager's manager, and I said, hey, you know, I, I didn't get to this yet. I know it's due tomorrow morning. I'll do it first thing when I get in. It's only going to take me an hour, hour and a half. It'll be in your inbox by 11 or noon or whatever it was. Uh, so it was going to be an hour too late, but I figured no big deal. No one's going to care that I missed the deadline by an hour or two because these people have better things to do and, and they did have better things to do than to be, you know, managing me toward this deadline because in the big scheme of things, it wasn't really that important a project. I don't even remember what the project was. But I do remember what happened the next morning. First thing that happened, the you know, the, managers, the manager of the manager got in and she got to work prided. And uh, I don't know where she was that day, but I remember she called to my location, uh, talked to my manager, left a message for me. And I got a talking to from both of them uh, that day multiple times about how I really made a mistake of prioritizing other things leading up to this deadline and that yeah it may not have been the most important uh initiative for the organization at that very moment but that what had happened is i had basically said to people who were in leadership uh, leadership role of this firm that you know your priorities weren't important to me other things were more important and and I I got some consequences from that. In fact, that was one of the incidents that led me to missing a promotion uh, that I did later get, but it delayed my progression in that organization for you know six months to a year because I I made mistakes and I wasn't managing my time well. And what what I now I've <laughs> the great thing is is I've learned from that because there were consequences. And I think one of the things that really is a challenge for many people who lead, and I know I've struggled with in the past too, is having the courage, and we talked about courage last episode, having the courage to really confront people when things don't go right, when people are having a difficult time performing, when people are having a difficult time learning something new, is to really have the courage to, and, and to, to challenge people, especially when they're not meeting expectations, and the expectations were clear up front. And I think people that are able to do this well uh, and really, you know, communicate consequences and follow through are so much more effective leaders. And by consequences, by the way, I don't just mean negative consequences. I also mean positive consequences. You know, if someone does something well or exceeds expectations and something happens, it's not just ignored. And and the opposite side too, that when someone doesn't meet expectations, that uh, you're able to confront that person not in, not in a mean, hateful way, but in a way that says, "Hey, I'm paying attention and you missed the ball on this. And I need and I really need you to correct this. And I had this happen to me just last, just last week uh, or an act, it was a couple of weeks ago. actually, one of my uh, you know, a colleague in a partner organization that we work with, uh, we're working on a kind of a long-term project together and uh, I was going to do something, she was going to do something and she didn't do her part. And, uh, you know, it would have been kind of an easy thing for me to just pick up the slack and have, to take care of it, but it, it was going to impact a client situation. And I called her on it and I said, you know, hey, um, you know, you said you were going to do this and you know, I said I was going to do this and you didn't do this. And, you know, because I called her on it early up front and I did it in a, um, I think, a very appropriate caring way but also a firm way that you know we resolved this situation really really quickly and we had a good conversation about it and uh, you know I understood a little bit more about the situation after the conversation than I knew and she understood the situation better too and you know what uh, everything resolved itself and she picked up the slack and I even you know I did a little more than I said I was going to do but I didn't end up having to do what I thought I was going to do which is take the whole thing back myself And so I think consequences are something that are really key. It's such a key value of leadership. Uh, There's the great quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Our chief want in life is someone who shall make us do what we can. Our chief want in life is someone who shall make us do what we can. And that takes me to story number four, the value of love. I've been real fortunate to work with a par- another uh, partner organization over probably the last seven or eight years now, and the gentleman who runs that organization. Uh, when I first met him, he's always been a great, uh, great colleague and a good friend of mine. And uh, when I first met him, he was uh, he was very, he's still a very driven person. But he was very driven on numbers and results and, uh, and business results, and and he was fun to work with and he was motivating to work with. But you know, at the end of the day, it was all about the numbers. It was all about hitting whatever the objective was, making budget. Exceeding goals, and uh, you know, over the years, he's he's uh, he's really changed, and he's really uh, become more broad in his leadership capacity. And now that he runs that organization, um, it it was it was probably about three years ago that uh, one of the people we worked with very closely passed away rather suddenly, and you know, it, it was something you know we all knew this person very well. And it was really a hard time uh, for, for many of us because it was a big change. And the, uh, I, you know, I remember one of the really interesting moments that came out of that. We were talking one day and he said, you know, he said, I don't talk about love as much as I should. He said, you know, we've just lost somebody and I realized the importance of telling people now that I love them. And he said, not just at home, but in the workplace too. And he said, you know, I, I just want you to know that I'm going to make a more conscious effort to, you know, say, I love you more often. And I said, you know, I think that's a really, I think that's a really cool thing. I said, I think I should do it more often too. And really for the last several years now, uh, often when I run into him or he runs into me or we, you know, we finish up a meeting or, you know, we uh, get together once in a while, he'll say, Hey, you know, I love you. And I, and I'll respond, I love you too. Now, that might sound a little weird to you if, if you've never thought about love in the context of business. And I'm not talking about romantic love. I'm just talking about, do you genuinely care about the people that you work with, the people that you serve, the people that you're developing and coaching? Not just you care about them because you need to make a profit or you need to hit your revenue goals, or that you need to sell the next thing. But do you really, in addition to all those things, not instead of, but in addition to you, do you really care about the people that you serve, the people that you work with? And my friend really does. And I think he always did. But you know what's great now is that he says it. And You know, I'm not saying go out into the business world today, go out and talk to all the people you're working with and start telling them that you love them. (laughs) I mean, you know, there, there's many organizations where that would be strange. And particularly if you, you know, didn't have a long-term relationship with someone that, that, that could get kind of weird. What I am saying though, although I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you not to do that either. I think in the right scenario, in the right situation, that that's very appropriate. But what I am saying is, do you demonstrate it in your actions? Do you demonstrate it in how you treat people? Do you demonstrate it in how you interact and how you take the time to develop people and to communicate to them that they're valued and show them through your actions and through your daily words and your, the way you initiate consequences and the way that you have humility in what you do and the way you demand excellence, that you really do care about them? And love has a huge place in coaching. I uh, I really love the advice I received from uh, one of my mentors, who is an executive coach. And he's he. Someone asked him once uh, that was in a I was at a uh, an evening training he was facilitating, and someone asked him, "How do you deal with the people that when you you know who, who you hire you or who you meet up that you're just scared of in the business world?" And he said, you know what I do is when I am going into a meeting with someone that's just a really scary, mean kind of person, he says, I make a conscious effort to focus and to find something about them that I can love. And he said, when I go into an interaction like that and I find the thing that I can love about them, then then it makes it so much easier. So my challenge for you this week is to find the opportunities to demonstrate humility, excellence, consequences of course, and love in your interactions to develop and coach others. And finally, I'd like to thank you. I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this show, Coaching Skills for Leaders. Hey. About a thousand people are listening to the show now every week, which I think is amazing. Uh, we, you know, this has been going for fourteen weeks now, and a thousand people are tuning in and listening to my voice every week here. And I, I just want to tell you, boy, I'm incredibly grateful for you taking the time. Whether you're listening to this episode for the, you know, this show for the first time or you've listened to all fourteen weeks, thank you for being a part of this community. And it really has encouraged me to do even more with this show. So more is coming in 2012. And one of the things that I do whenever I'm teaching a class uh, or even doing a training for clients or whether I'm teaching a class at a university is to do something called Start, Stop, Continue. And this is a great little exercise to do anytime you're working with a group of folks over a long period of time is to ask people, what should I start doing that I'm haven't been doing up to this point? And then what should I stop doing that I have been doing that's not working for you? And what is working for you that you want me to continue to do? And so I have those same three questions for you this week, this Thanksgiving week here in the States, is what would you like me to start doing on this show, Coaching Skills for Leaders, each week that you haven't seen so far or haven't heard so far? Uh, What would you like me to stop doing that I have been doing and maybe isn't working for you as a listener? And then, of course, what would you like me to continue to do? Things that are working for you that you'd like me to keep doing. And I'd really love to get your feedback. And the more engaged you are with the show, the more valuable it will be, not only to me, but to you. And I really look forward to hearing from you. So if you have comments on that, give me a call, 877 Learn 45. I'd love to hear your feedback on, uh, on any of those areas. Or you can also send me email to feedback at InnovateLearning.com. And the link for the show notes for this show are on our website, which is InnovateLearning.com. And just take a look for episode number 14. You'll find the show notes for this show online there. Hey, if your organization is looking to improve the coaching skills of its leaders, drop me a line. We might be able to help out. You can reach us again at 877-LEARN-45. For those of you here in the States who are celebrating Thanksgiving, I hope you have a great week. I hope you have lots to be thankful for as I do. And I look forward to talking with you again next Monday, November 28th. In the meantime, have a great week, everyone. And remember, find the opportunity to go out and utilize those values in the workplace to develop people this way. Take care. Have a good one.